Hello. Oh, Merlin, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it is. Ah, rather. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Yes and no. Yes. Perhaps. Mm. Nazir. Do you need to lay down or? No, it's my pills. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta get good, clean pills. These bastards. You gotta, you know, you want to get pills uh, that that are from legitimate sources. You want to vet your <laughs> You're supplier. saying don't get it from a, don't go to a gas station. Don't go to a gas station. Don't get it from a guy. A guy. <laughs> Robert? You know. You're saying I shouldn't trust Robert? I'm He's saying. So nice. It's a family yeah. pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm saying just, you know, be careful where you, where you source your product. Vet, vet your sources. Yes. <laughs> so we know how you feel about gas station CBD. What about gas station antidepressants? I mean, you know. Gas station antidepressants. Is that a thing that's happening yet in America? The main thing I would say people should go into when they go to a gas station, the number one thing they should be buying is gasoline. <laughs> that would be what I would say. I like anything, else, <laughs> anything else. Anything okay, else. Okay, let me write this down. I'll, I have a second gas. item. I have a second item. But you're saying gas, though, because that's that's what you call in business uh, core competency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second thing never, never that I, gas. I okay. think most people go to a gas station for maybe even as much. Nah, not these days, but in the past, as much as gasoline would be cigarettes. Cigarettes. You're going to pick up some smokes. You could maybe. I don't know if I would get a whole Marlboro, carton there. Marlboro Red. Marlboro Reds, Marlboro uh, Lights. Both of those would be all right. And the um, the Camel Wides. Camel Wides, okay. Mm-hmm. You remember the Camel Wides? I do. That was a later entry in my smoking period. Me too. I mean, I never smoked, but I loved the Camel no, Wides. No, me neither. Um, I used to like weirdo cigarettes because I thought they were, because I was, you know, I, I think I kind of wanted to be Tom Waits for a lot <laughs> of my youth. <laughs> so I would get like, <laughs> I would get, I would get uh, Paul Malls because uh, that's what Carvana gets smoked or I would get Chesterfield Kings because of the old timey package. I love the Chesterfields. I did smoke those. And, um, Me neither. Did you, right. I never, <laughs> did, did you ever not try Lucky Strikes? Well, <laughs> I can't use my saying. Yes, and if I, I didn't. I didn't smoke those either. No. Yes, absolutely. LMFTO. What do you say? What is it? L, what did it say at the bottom? Oh, Mighty, Mighty LM, LMFTO. LMFTO. Doesn't matter. But they had a little saying on there. It's kind of like a Dr Pepper type uh, slogan. <laughs> yeah. Dr Pepper had had instructions <laughs> on the label about how often you were meant to drink it. It had a serving suggestion right on there. Was it ten, two, and four, something like that? This is all yeah, very hazy. That's today. right. I, I do hazy. remember something like that, actually, mm-hmm. now that you mention it. Yes. The world used to be very strange, and it got even stranger for people of our age, mostly, because we don't know where the strangeness came from. We were mm-hmm. not there. It was like, uh, like, like the animal called legacy strangeness. Okay. And no one ever took the time to explain it to us. No. I, th- I think people also like to get a beverage. I think now today they probably get maybe an energy drink. Mm-hmm. Our. Um, our gas stations in, around here are are full. Oh boy, they're real strange, Dan. But one of the things you see a lot of is you see the energy, like a five hour energy, a monster energy drink. These are brand names that I know. People like, or maybe the, you know what? Pork rinds, gas, yeah, smokes, yeah, uh, uh, energy drinking. Uh, 
a USB cable now nowadays. Yeah, I would say I would support the purchase of a USB cable at then, a gas then station. What are some things people should not get at a gas station? Well, the obvious one, the, the front runner for me is CBD. I would say don't get that at a gas station. If you're going to get CBD oil, don't get it where you buy your gas. I would also where say... where you don't buy your gas. Right. I would also say um, avoid... When it comes to things like a burrito, a breakfast burrito, I would say avoid that. I'm going to toss in just to make sure it's all, you know, in the congressional record. Uh Uh, Don't get antidepressants. (laughs) That would be the next the next thing on the list. Yeah, it's from a guy. You know, if Robert has pivoted from a family pharmacy to a gas station, even in that instance, Uh check his credentials. Because if you can just get them. Like you would a oh, scratch-off ticket, like a scratch-off ticket. People, they call them scratchers. Yeah, I would Honey, also... I gotta go, I gotta get some smoke to scratchers. <laughs> I would also say, you know how you can get that pickle in a sealed pouch? Pickle in a pouch? You know, I would put <laughs> yes, that on I the... Do, uh, with uh, the brine, the green brine. <laughs> yes, I would put that in the avoid. Ooh, what about an egg in a jar? Would you get an egg in a jar? Not Put your hand in there like Homer and there. just pull out an egg in a jar? No, no. That sounds like a Thin Lizzy song. Um, let's see. Um, oh, uh, I'm going to say vasectomy. Well, that's a procedure. Oh, you don't just buy that. Okay. And I would, <laughs> okay. All right. I would say no to all procedures done at a gas what about station. A restroom at a gas station. That's the kind of thing that's, that's up to the individual. Sometimes you're in a situation where you, there's no other choice. And so you've got to allow that. That's a, you know, you've well, got that, to. I feel like a gas station at a restroom, or sorry, a restroom at a gas station is in some ways like the, uh, what we used to call the emergency room. We now call the ED, the erectile dysfunction, the, the emergency department, <laughs> you call it in medicine. You go to the ED now. How many people go to the emergency room as often as they buy gas, I'm going to say, I really hope if you own a car, you're getting more gas than emergencies. Yeah, I hope With so. With that said, you're glad that it's there because at some point, let's be honest, you're going to need the emergency room. Yeah. And I think that's how a, rest- a restroom at a gas station works. Nobody's looking forward to that. No. I don't think. No, no. No, no. Also, I take photos. I take photos of bathrooms a lot. I could send you some if you want. Yeah, hook me up. Okay. Um, I mean, I've got some good ones of like um, like a honey bucket. I like a honey bucket. Um, I like, a, you know, one of those, like if you're, if you're camping or you're at a Lilith Fair, they get, you get a honey bucket. And that's that's the brand name of my of, of a portable restroom. Okay, you get that, sure. That, that, uh, that um, how, how does one say, that mosaic, uh, the uh, pitcher's mound in there. You know, you get a real mosaic in the hole um i've taken some really good pictures at national parks there's one i took at yosemite uh that i'm really proud of uh i like restroom signs um as far as the food i my only i'm not i'm not trying to persuade you on this i just feel like in the interest of um uh, equal time. I want to mm. say, um, and it, as somebody who does a show with John Roderick, where we've talked about uh, pump chili a lot. Yes. I, I like some pump chili from 7-Eleven, and I'll put that on like, uh, well, we used to call it a biggin. Remember the biggin? I do. B-I-G. I do. Apostrophe U-N, the biggin. And that already had some chili on it, but that was freezy chili. And I want the fresh chili from the, from the pump. Right. I want the sluiced cattle reduction slurry. Put that, put that on my brain. You know what? I mean, Homer yes. Simpson knows this. I learned this from Homer. You know, really, anything out there, it's basically free food. 
all of those condiments are essentially a second meal. Do you think they know about second, second chili? Is that like a second breakfast? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Antidepressants are a complicated business. I I learned this in the 1990s when two members of my band were going through a journey of trying to figure out what 1990s depressant they could take that would not utterly upend their life. Oh man. And one of my friends, um, he, he loved sexual intercourse and sure. it was something he really enjoyed. And he talked about it sometimes because, uh, that was just the joy of his life was, uh, having intercourse with his wife sexually. And, mm-hmm. uh, he had, let's just say emergency department issues uh, as a result of his, uh, his, uh, poison of choice, what his Robert gave him. Uh, he, he, he was always missing the train to Bonertown. And, mm. and that made him sad because, as I mentioned, he loved sexual intercourse and that became more difficult. It was like pushing a rope. So um, that's the thing, though. You got to find what's right for you that doesn't screw up your life. The, let me just tell you, you, you watch MSNBC and, and you hear about, uh, you know, you know uh, what's an example? Uh, you know, moderate to severe Sally Kellerman disease or whatever. Right. And you know, side effects include your teeth fall out and your hair turns to snakes and nausea and diarrhea. So you always hear about nausea and diarrhea or nausea, it's nausea and something. Woof. I'm here to tell you like the giant, 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 my Robert uh, tells me, listen, <laughs> buddy, you're gonna barf from this stuff for a while. And I've gotten, once you get up to the right dose of where you're going to be, there's actually something, my shrink says, there's actually something weird and physiological that happens with this particular drug. This sounds nuts. So like most times- Wait, so like, it's like building up in, in your system? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes. It's okay. one of those that's, uh, it has its, not the half-life, but it has its max, maximum uh, explosiveness, I think the medical term is. I think seven hours after you take it. Okay. Some people like me are very sensitive. Have we ever talked about this journey? No, I not oh, not I'll, in I'll this not in this I'll way be, at I'll, least. I'll be brief, but like it's it's been a real high wire act for me, and it's one of those classic uh, when I say positive feedback loops. I mean mm. not in a good way. So here's what happens: they start you out on on this particular drug, and you take this little tiny amount, and nothing's going to happen. You're not, it would be impossible, like, like with Tony Soprano, you're not going to feel anything for probably at least two weeks, but you take it at the same time every day, um, and you will pretty definitely get nauseated and you may very much barf. I have barfed a lot from this drug. Really? It's not fun. Yeah, it sucks. Um, and so you try to, and then eventually, uh, in my case, you up the dose to this exactly 10 milligram amount because there's an interesting... Um, what's the word? There's an interesting thing that happens with the amount of dopamine versus the amount of serotonin and making sure you get the right amount and all that stuff. So, um, this, this is not interesting, is it? I'm really enjoying it actually. Please continue. Mm. And fun, you know, but here's the problem. So if you, it's sort of like a Skinner, uh, not Seymour, but BF, <laughs> Um, the problem where like, yeah. you know, like imagine if the pigeon hits the little, uh, lever and a treat comes out, but maybe yeah. like instead, every time he hits the lever, the pigeon throws up. Well, over time, according to Seymour Skinner, eventually the pigeon is not going to be into hitting that 
lever because he, she, or they know <laughs> that the barf is coming. Uh-huh. Now, as we've learned from Principal Skinner, not 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 Super Nintendo Chalmers, as we've learned, this is going to cause you to have some resistance to doing that thing. So, it's rough, and you stick yeah. with it. And every you go and Google this particular drug, and everywhere you go, everybody's saying, "Wow, I am feeling very, very ill from taking this. Will this go away?" And everybody's like, "Well, first of all, yeah, you are feeling ill, and it'll take a while, and probably eventually." But some people feel sick the entire time they take it. Oh, so so then it gets more interesting. I have a seemingly rare side effect. Now, let's just say, like, this is on label for, I'm taking this on on label for depression and slightly off label for ADHD. Right. But you're, you're, when you say that you're, you've been prescribed this, it's not your own. It's not, it's not Robert or a gas station. No. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but the, the, the interesting part of this is that, I mean, it's not, you know, um, like, banned for ADHD. It's just, I think that's a, because of the way the, God, what is the word I'm missing? Pharmaco, pharmacology, no, the kinetics, I forget the word, but the way that it works is super interesting in that it's it's been hailed as an interesting drug for people who have uh, both ADHD and um, depression. And it's actually on label for like the big depression, like the, uh, whatever that word is, uh, there's a phrase for this, but I don't have that. The, you know, with uh, MMD, something like that, big, big depression. But it's very interesting because it works on, it creates, uh, you get serotonin and dopamine. Now, you know, I was actually asking my shrink about this the last time we talked. When you look at something like speed or you look at something like any of the other things that we give people for ADHD, mm-hmm. I was curious about the mechanism for how that works. And it sounded weird, but I was like, I've, I've always been curious. Like, I know that this stuff creates dopamine, but I feel like it seems like as with some drugs to get the dopamine, you have to put up with a side effect. Here's another example. Like people like to smoke. It's not the filter that's hurting them. It's the tar from the smoke. Right. Right. And it's the, but, it, but even though the tar is harming them, it's the nicotine that they want. If they could get just the nicotine, they might be able to get away from the very harmful things. The nicotine right. may, may be harmful, but it's the other stuff that's really bad. It's the cigars that'll kill you, like they say, and I think you should leave. Um, but anyway, do you, you follow me though? Like you have to, like with coffee, you're really there for the caffeine. But what happens in, in the case of cigarettes and coffee, you also now, let's go back to Seymour Skinner. Now you have developed a habit of, I, when I know I need my fix of this thing, mm-hmm. in the case of cigarettes, you go outside and you smoke and there's a ritual and you talk to your friends and now you, there's a physical component to what you're doing. Right. It's not that, just, I'm getting this nicotine. It's, it's not I'm just getting the this nicotine, of but there's. Hit. Right. There's yeah, the ritual. Right. There's the social lubricant. There's all of that stuff that fits into it. Right. You, I mean, you come for the intercourse, but you stay for the cuddling. That's right. That's right. But you come for the intercourse. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the, uh, what's my point of this? Here's the weird part about this though. The part that fascinates me that I don't completely understand. First of all, there's the fact, if you take five milligrams of this, you get an increased level of dopamine which is what we're looking for with ADHD. Mm-hmm. ADHD, people who suffer from ADHD, one of their problems, the primary problem, I think, is that our brain does not uh, generate dopamine in a wholesome, healthy way. 
And sometimes that means we take risks because we need to do something to increase our level of dopamine. So all the different flavors of ADHD and the things around it tend to have in common that your body is not, your, your brain is not trying to generate dopamine in a wholesome way. And the side effects of that include stuff like, ironically enough, like you could be kind of lethargic or you don't deal with problems until they're an emergency or like mm. all these various kinds of things. So at five, we want, you want that dopamine because that's going to help, you know, help you, it's going to help you around over the hump at like developing better habits. It's not just to make you feel better. It's also to be a bulwark that will allow you to have a more wholesome relationship with your life and to do make healthier decisions and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. Five milligrams, we get the dopamine. Then it gets kind of interesting, which is when you go to 10 milligrams, you get dopamine plus serotonin. Hmm. But then... So just by increasing the dosage, your body responds differently. A new thing gets produced. Yeah, you can't see my hands, but imagine a bar a bar graph yeah. where for five milligrams, my hand is going up to here to show you that you get the dopamine. Now, imagine that my other hand is going roughly to where that other hand is, and that's serotonin. This is very, very cool. Here's the part that blows my mind. When you go to 15 milligrams, the serotonin goes up, and the dopamine does not stay the same. The dopamine goes slightly down. And so now this very same drug, because of its mechanism um, and the way that it works with your receptors and stuff, is that it, it, the same drug c can be used for two different things in two different ways with two different sort of, um, not pathways. It works differently at different amounts. It's not an odd thing. Yes. I think that's so interesting. Right. Because, and, and but you're saying that it's not even the same for everybody with that, right? That I don't it, that, think so. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's, well, anyway, it's good. It's cool. It's good. Um, and so what was my point? My point is that like you, you need to take this, <laughs> you need to take this every day. If you want it to work, I mean, you could miss a day or two because I think it hangs around your body for something like five days, seven days. So if you miss a day, you're fine. It all evens out. You know, it's like the seven-day rolling average sort of approach. But um, here's the part that blew my mind. I had always assumed that if the nausea and vomiting that one gets from um, medication, I had always assumed it comes from, directly from, something having to do with an upset tummy. Like okay. when I was a kid, I hated taking those big horse pill vitamins my mom wanted me to take. Like first thing in the morning, this was true even into my 30s where I was still taking vitamins like an idiot. But like you, I would take those uh, super vitamins, those like- um, The Flintstones. The Flintstones, the, but the giant horse pills that are like posposably the really good ones, the whole food, not whole foods, but you know what I mean? The mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. there's a name for these, but they've supposedly, I don't know, they got kale or something in them, whatever. But the last thing I want to do in the morning is eat a giant brown horse pill that creates that taste in my mouth. It's like, ugh. and then you swallow it and it sucks. And now your whole face tastes like that. And then it gets down in your tummy and it's like, oh no, I didn't eat before I took this. This really sucks. And to me, it makes total sense that you would go, okay, well that didn't agree with you. There's some, that caused nausea for you because of, I guess, the dissolving in your stomach. When we were kids, there was a version of aspirin called bufferin. Why was it called bufferin? Because it was straightforward acetylsalicylic acid, mm -hmm. but it was buffered with a coating that would make it easier on your tummy. 
because that famously, uh, aspirin famously makes people nauseated. Here's the thing, though. The stuff I'm taking that I get from my dude <laughs> at the gas station, no. it, um, it's actually something that's happening in your brain. It's something that's happening in your brain, not your tummy, that's causing you to feel nauseated. There's some kind of a mechanism where until you get up to your like threshold correct dose, right. I don't understand why, and I, I, I will learn more about this, but you'll be feeling this for a while. So let's wrap this up. Here's what happens. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I have an apparently pretty rare side effect. Well, the known side effect is <clears throat> uh, if you take it too late in the day, you get weird dreams. You get I those dreams the, dur during the day or you get them um, at night? My whole life is a weird dream, Dan. Yes. Until I met you. <laughs> uh -huh. huh. uh, so we know it causes like, like, like uh, we, I don't know the medical name for this, but it causes weird dreams. And I, it may be somewhere on the list, very, 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 very far down in the single digits on the list mm -hmm. as far as percentages. But it also makes me have very restless sleep. That sucks. So what are my options? I get up in the morning. Oh, by the way, then he gave me another drug that is just purely for, it's a, your most basic ass, probably you could buy it at a gas station, drug for reducing um, nausea. So you take the one thing that can potentially cause the nausea, then you take something else to stop the nausea. That's Do you need final, to, does that, that have that, a side that, effect or is that well, the- that, No, 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 no. But that, that is for now my final Pokemon. But how did we get there? Well, we got there by- Oh my God, I cannot deal with this. Every morning I feel, I don't, I'm, what am I going to do? Make breakfast every day like a monster? But I do. Even when I made breakfast, I was still feeling very sick. And for a long time, it really, it really sucked. Then I discovered, oh, I said, I'll be, I'll be a smarty pants. And I'll start taking it at like 11, 12, 1, mm -hmm. like with, after lunch. But I started to get sleep disruptions. So Sucks. then I went back to the morning times. And when I went back to the morning times, the nausea came back. And now I'm, 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 uh, I'm Principal Skinner's pigeon all over again. Now I'm resistant to it. And guess what happens? See also the way your brain generates the nausea. I'm dragging myself back to the beginning of Shoots and Ladders to start this whole thing over. Right. Go back through all that nausea. And if I fall off for too long... It comes right back. Is this making sense? Well, am I understanding in that the nausea isn't actual, like it doesn't originate in the stomach. It originates that in is the my understanding. brain. It's origi it originates, the understanding that I have of this is the nausea and vomiting that you get is because you have not, I don't know the word for it. I'm not a doctor, but like it's because you haven't, your brain hasn't built up enough of this internally to make uh -huh. your brain do the thing where it stops making you nauseated. You have to keep, if you're going to uh, take it, okay. you have to keep taking it or you get nauseated and now you're back to shoots and ladders and it sucks so hard. So, and even when you've gotten this all wired, I, you'll still have a day like today where like, I didn't do anything that differently. I, so my final Pokemon is he gave me this very harmless thing. It's basically, it's so tiny. It's a tiny little pill that dissolves. And then if you wait like half an hour or so, you have much less likelihood of feeling nauseated for whatever you do next. So here's my fun morning. Wake up. Take these stupid anti-nausea pills that I now keep on my nightstand Ugh, like an old, sucks. old man. Yeah. Pop one of those out. Peel off the back because apparently you can't put things in jars anymore. You peel off the back. You push it through the little thing. Oh, yeah. One of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You eat it up. Yum. Good. <laughs> and now we wait. And so now I charge my Apple Watch. I walk around. Can you have coffee? You could. 
But do you really want coffee on your tummy when you take the pill that makes you want to barf? No. Right? Oh, yay. This is fun. Welcome welcome to 50-something. 50-something. Mm. And so then you take, at that point, I take the antidepressant. Two pills. Two pills only. <laughs> <laughs> Send two pills only. Carmine do said you one take pill. The rest here of there your are pills? two. <laughs> I was I was doing uh, Red October, but I like yours. Mm. Do you take your other pills now? By the way, at this point now, we're you know you're half hour into the morning. You've taken the antidepressants that might make you feel very very ill. Are you going to take your other pills and have coffee at this point? Not advisable. I'd wait another half hour at least before you take the complement, the phalanx of other drugs that are required to keep your brain on the rails. So I'm looking at an hour every morning, and it still doesn't always work. That's so stupid. But the effects are meaningful. It's right. Very, when, it very do, when it does work, or it always works, it always gets to that point where, where it's helpful. Um, well, when I started taking this, I think a year and a half ago or so, like I, I, I'm sure I noticed the difference. And to be honest, I, I think that was around the time that I first realized, huh, for a fella who insists he's never had depression, I think I might have depression. I mm -hmm. think this is probably also somewhat concomitant with learning that, guess what, weirdo? Anxiety is a side effect of many, many things, including, guess what, depression. Maybe some of your anxiety isn't just coming from your ADHD. Maybe it's because you're mildly depressed. And I said, ha, huh. ha, huh. ain't that mm. a dilly of a pickle? You know, and all of those things, though, from what I've read, and you read a lot more than me, but it's all of those things are related, you know, in, in one way or another. Like I was reading that, you know, ADD or ADHD can be related to other things as well, that there, there isn't, it's more like how, how are these issues being expressed in the, in the, in the, in the individual mm -hmm. as opposed to we're going to call it this and it's treated this way. It's more like there are these different, for lack of a better word, Flavors. symptoms, right? Or, or that, that how do they fit together and how do you treat those how do you treat that person who's experiencing those symptoms? Yes. Because behind yes. the scenes, it could all be connected. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, so just to put that in a slightly different and yet almost exactly identical way, <laughs> um, we, we do know, part, I think part of doing a differential diagnosis, I suspect, is to say, well, it sounds like what you're describing is you may have the symptoms and in some cases the signs, because they're different, uh, you have some of these symptoms of being a person who has an unhealthy relationship of, with dopamine. But we have to so just to flip your thing around rather than saying like, okay, uh, I, I, I think the uh, doctor probably does not say, okay, um, we, we have to figure out which flavor of dopamine you have, have and then figure out how to bring up which flavor of ADHD you have, and then how do we bring up your dopamine? It's more like, right. well, we, we reverse engineer it. And so as I've said on this program, I think in one of the very first episodes, when I went in there and finally found a physician who would take this seriously and not just tell me to take a walk and drink water, um, he, uh, he gave me a very short number of questions. And what was interesting, as I said, we'll, we'll link to that episode, you know, when he said things like... Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to make all my same jokes, but things like, are you, do you have, are you inattentive sometimes? Do you have trouble concentrating on things? Do you have trouble concentrating on the thing you'd like to be concentrating on? Do you gamble online a lot? 
do you take lots of risks? And I thought it was so funny because as I said in that episode, I thought some of those were the sort of questions you toss in to make sure someone's not faking. Right. So like somebody who's not good at faking and just for, for whatever reason wanted drugs, he'd say, um, you know, are you inattentive? And you go, yes. And you say, do you have trouble uh, focusing? Yes. Do you have trouble <laughs> focusing on the thing you want? Yes. Do you sometimes think that birds are your friend? Yes. <laughs> or whatever. And you go, ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> right, caught right. You, I've caught you in my trap. You did not solve my maze. But here's what's funny about that. At the end, he was like, well, uh, <laughs> to paraphrase my physician, if you don't have ADHD, you're missing your best bet because you totally have ADHD and uh, we can help you with that. It will be a journey. We will do that. And, uh, and I was like, well, okay, but what's up with the like motorcycle and gambling stuff? And he's like, well, no, that's, that's a flavor of ADHD. Interesting. That there are that one flavor of that. And I don't know the clinical name for this, but one flavor of ADHD is that to get your weird way of dealing with your dopamine issues is to like be do compulsive shopping or online gambling or you know riding a motorcycle up a mountain really fast or whatever it is because you are trying you're doing you are wildly swinging at whatever is going to make you feel whole and so that's the way some people do that and so what we came out with with me was you have the most boring version of ADHD the most garden variety ADHD, which, you know, is that it's not that you can't focus. It's that you frequently focus on the wrong things. Right. And you're lacking the executive function to create a wholesome budget for your attention. Mm. And so we need to help you with that. Um, anyway, I could talk more about this, but this has been a 29 minutes. Well, I was going to say, though, it's probably been a, a big chunk of your life, too. And I think there's a lot of people who can associate with this who listen to it who hear it and it helps them because they're like i've also been struggling with this and i've listened to john talk about the different things that he's tried and there's mm-hmm. right now i just read an article this morning that was just talking about how high the levels of anxiety are mm-hmm. for everybody right like especially literally everybody black, especially right black now. people yeah anxiety and depression is really spiking right now and i mean this is this is a very relevant topic and this you know it's you know when we're when i was a kid I never thought about like medicine having side effects. It's like, why would medicine have a side effect? Doctors, well, they're smart. Your exposure to medicine was stuff like taking penicillin every every year for like a virus or something. Or, yeah, yeah, or, you know or, I mean? like, or chewable yeah. aspirin if you you know yes. something you know like, like there's there's nothing to it. And then you know, but it's this. It's like you described really really well. I think this sort of chain of well, you you have this thing that you need help with, and so there's a medicine for it. And you take the medicine for it, but then the medicine has a side effect that you've got to take something else for. And it's like when, mm-hmm. especially when these things kind of stack up like that, you wind up with with somebody who is taking like five different things, and four of them are to counteract the side effects of that chain, you know? And it's like, I re- I'm trying to remember what it was. Maybe it was when I got my wisdom teeth out in high school or something like that. And the doctor's like, well, you're going to take this. This is an antibiotic that you're going to have to take. But then we also want you to take this for the pain. But then this can make you nauseous and you don't want to vomit because then you'll be vomiting up the antibiotics. So yes, here's something exactly to keep right. you from being nauseous. That can, you know, make you not be able to sleep. So here's something to help you. So it was like all of a sudden now 
just because I got my wisdom teeth out, I'm taking three, four different medications. Half of them are there just to counteract the first one. So, but that's just the way it is. And it's like when people need help, what are you going to do? Not take the thing that helps you? You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Um, the it's the same thing that my mom has been going through for the longest time um, because she. One of the reasons I worry so much about her living in Florida and the risk of COVID is that she has a unique set of skills. Yes, but it's not about finding your daughter. It is about uh, being very susceptible on several different fronts. I mean, she might as well be that chart. It says mm-hmm. lung, heart, and diabetes. Yeah, these really. Are, these, are, these are the enemies. Jeez. Um, no, but in her case, it got. I'm trying to think of exactly the right analogy for this. It's not exactly, it's not Jenga, but it is a little bit like, your life becomes a lot like living on a boat, where like everything that you have to do, you start out with an empty boat, and then you put stuff in it, but not very much stuff, because a full boat is not a, uh, is not a, a healthy boat. Um, and so with her, like it's began to really suck because her boat got very crowded Mm. and in order to fix one thing, you would have to move a lot of other things. And so like when she got onto like a blood thinner, like, oh boy, that's, there's so much stuff you got to watch out for now. God. Where like, if you're trying to treat this one, um, you know, affliction, organ system, like this kind of problem over here, you use this kind of an approach. And if that's the only thing in the world, if the only thing in the world that you have to worry about is you got a little cut from a paring knife, that is, of all the problems you could have medically in the world, that's a pretty good one because we know how to deal with that. And it is what what is called an acute problem. Like this is something that happened and will probably get better. It's not something where every month that cut's going to reopen for the rest of your life unless something is extremely wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be silly here. But you you put a Band-Aid on it, maybe some Neosporin, keep it clean, and that'll start healing maybe by the next day, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that part's pretty easy. Like if you, um, but then you can keep moving up the ladder. If you have one problem with one thing, like it can really suck, especially if it's something like you need um, dialysis for your kidneys, or you need, um, I don't know, maybe you, God forbid you need a bone marrow transplant. But anyway, all those different kinds of things, even at fairly low levels of complexity, you can handle, and with a doctor and uh, just a medical team who's versed in what they do, they're not going to screw you up because they know your medical history. They know stuff like your allergies. They know your drug interactions. If you only have that one point of care, like in a, in a, a thoughtful team helping you, that it doesn't have to be difficult, except that all medicine is difficult, but still. But then if, what if you get a second thing? What if there's a second thing going on? Or you, you've got this throbbing background pulse of a not acute, but chronic condition mm-hmm. that may crop back up again. Uh, let's say you have one of the many uh, autoimmune diseases that people can get. Maybe, uh, like I say, maybe you need a blood thinner um, maybe you need something for chronic pain relief. Well, guess what? Now you're getting into, you know, you know, crazy town banana pants because the interactions start to, the potential interactions and side effects start to go way, way up. If you got four chronic conditions and yeah, there's a lot of other people in America with many chronic conditions. The, do you remember the scene Think of the scene in Ocean's 8 
where or like any scene in a movie where somebody's <laughs> breaking into a museum and has to move between the beams of light, you, know, you spray the stuff <laughs> yeah, so you can yes, see the beams. Yes, yes. Like, welcome to your new life. This is your new life. As the, tiny, the great analogy for as it, as the too. tiny gymnast who has to go steal the jewels. Spoilers, and also that he technically makes he constitutes a ninth member, so they should change the name of the movie. And you got to go. You got to get around those because if you trip that, the heist is over. And that's really, really difficult for people. Um, oh, by the way, did I mention that there are tons of people who don't have insurance or proper health care of any kind? Mm. And they have to navigate this system based on, I guess my breast cancer got bad enough that I should go to the ER. Mm. It's just, it's just you, those stories are stories. They're not stories. But every time I hear one of those things that happen to somebody, it just breaks my heart. It's... Brutal. We got to make this show happy and get out of my brain. But you know what? I don't feel nauseated. Now I'm happy. Good happy morning, now. Dan. Good morning, Merlin. Dan, you want to tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about a wonderful new sponsor we have. It is Zendesk. <laughs> Zendesk. I've been on Zendesk sites since Christ was a corporal. You know, Zendesk is one of those companies that I think all of us have used and we may not even have known that we've used them. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. They are what what they they call themselves a service first CRM company, and uh, and and what they would want me to say is that they build software designed to improve customer relationships. What I'm going to say is they the first and foremost. I think people think of them as making a help desk software solution. That is a big part of when people first go to Zendesk. Eventually, here's the thing. Eventually, you'll find your way to Zendesk. If you mm -hmm. build an application, if you run a service, if you want to get people in a situation where they can come in and say, I need help with something. So that involves, on the one hand, yeah, the help desk is part of it, right? But then there's also a knowledge base that's built into it and so many different integrations all of this right now, things are like weird out there in the world, right? And it can be very hard to keep up with helping your customers. I know this because I have customers at Fireside. There is a huge challenge in being able to communicate effectively with people who need your help. Zendesk will help you with that. Right now, they have a six-month complimentary remote support bundle, okay? So this comes bundle. with all the, all the essential tools that your team will need to, to keep connected with your customers, regardless of whether it's by email, by phone, chat, community forum, help center, social media. And here's a great thing about Zendesk. It takes a couple hours, not weeks, to get up and running. And that's because their whole philosophy, they had the simple idea, just make customer service software that's easy to use, accessible to everyone with a single, really good help desk interface. There's so much that you can do with this. The features and when I they they don't even have on this uh, on my notes here talking about all the integrations that they do, but they do integrations with everything. So if you already have software in place, if you already have systems in place, they want to make it easier for you to connect. So they've done that, and they themselves also have really good support. It's a great system. I've used it personally for many many years, and uh, and you can too. Just go to Zendesk Z E N D E S K Zendesk dot com slash back to work. You will get a free if you go to that URL. You'll get a free six month remote support bundle, which is a very good deal. Check it out Zendesk dot com slash back to work. Thanks to them for making this show possible. Thanks Zendesk. Book book.
Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna curl your hair, buddy. I'm ready. Um, this is February first, mm-hmm. two thousand eleven. Okay, I'm there. Episode three of your back to work program, the second era. It's a good Merlin one. Merlin Man and Dan Benjamin. Back when we still had to say hello. <laughs> Here's who we are. Merlin Man and Dan Benjamin discuss ADD, Buddhism, mindfulness, concentration, and insight. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And as a student of show notes, I enjoy writing show notes. I like making them and eating them. And I, I, it is fun. It's something people have talked about. Other, my fellow, very small, we happy few, we band of brothers, we small group of people who actually read the notes that people take the time to put together. Uh, have this fun game, which is, uh, it's a little spoilery, but depending on the show, sometimes it's fun to look at the show notes for something and go, huh, wonder what this is going to be like. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to take this particular box of puzzle pieces and guess what it's supposed to look like. Uh, who's could do Zen Arcade Side 2? Merlin speaks at Webstock. Hillbilly XL, 30 seconds with phone guy, it's all buttoned up. I do remember that one. Mm-hmm. Annie Lamont put the puppy back on the paper. Oh, Big and Ray Tomfoolery 7-inch. So that's when we first explained um, our, our theme song. Oh, yeah. You still get, we still get emails about that, questions people yeah, ask. I'm sorry. We should probably take it off, but at this point, it's just a tradition. Think about how much bandwidth we burned up because of that two minutes of... It's a good <laughs> song, though. It's a good song. That's a very good song. It's the most Merlin song that I've ever heard. Yeah, written primarily by my friend Jason. Uh, at the time, let's see. What did I play on that? I played... I played bass on that one. It's an instrumental. Um, so that's where we talked about ADD. It is in show notes. Dan, where would people find show notes for... 42, episode? right? So 42, 42, what? I think I was going to say 480, 480, 42. Uh, it is 482. About $100. About $100. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would go to backtowork.limo slash 482. Charlie Pappage. My water burn baby. <laughs> about a hundred dollars no I'll definitely miss Wapner I need some recommendations at yes. some point from you for yes. some good TV shows to watch I'm in that weird lull where everything that I watch right now is uh, nothing new is is coming out I know that I dark know. dark returns on the 27th which is mm-hmm. a, a, a long ways away We've got Yellowstone, which is, a, I, I know the, um, one of the original sort of like showrunners who did that show. Yes, that's a great Ooh. show. Um, there's a new show called Perry Mason coming to HBO starring our friend uh, from the Americans, the, 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 uh, the main guy on the Americans. Oh, really? Matthew, um, Re- Matthew Rees, somebody? Rees, yeah, Rees? And, uh, Nate Cordry, front of the show, Nate Cordry has been tooting about that. And I think he might be in it too. That's cool. Yeah. So, but those are not here yet, Merlin. And so I'm looking looking for, you're looking for, you like supernatural things. Umbrella Academy is on July 31st coming back. I forget when the boys is coming back. Do you like it? I started watching Umbrella Academy after I had already started watching the boys. I will go out on record and say the boys is fantastic. It was, it's one of the best. I hate to even call it a superhero show, but I guess you have to. One of the best I've ever seen. You know, it's a good superhero show when people say, I hate to even call it a superhero show. Yes. And it's wonderful. Really, really like it. But I was, I started watching the Umbrella Academy and right away there's a talking chimp in it. And for me, Uh talking animals, really strong 
avoid rating on those. Um, and so, oh, really? How interesting! For that's so interesting because <clears throat> it's. I was going to say, is that one of your? Is that a? Is that a gimme for you? Oh, you're saying that's an avoid, not a use. That is an avoid for me. Okay, uh, okay. I definitely do not want. I I don't <laughs> like a talking out. Now, As uh, here's Roderick would say. I do not prefer it. <laughs> yes, I would. Here's the here's the thing. If you're going to go back in time with me to the to the 70s. There was a uh, movie that I think then led to a TV show. And if I'm not wrong, um, the, the once great Chevy Chase voiced the dog in this movie. Was oh it, it I don't I don't think it was Benji. Maybe it was no, no, Benji. No, 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 but no it's it was definitely he, not Benji. It was called. I know. I know. Wait, I, I don't want to look it up. It's not. It's not. Oh, my God. I know. Ah, jeez. Ah, crap. Okay, gotta look it up. Yeah, I know what you mean. You though. know what I'm talking about? Okay, so like in, in a situation where they have an animal and you are hearing its thoughts, I'm okay with it. But as soon as the mouth starts to move mm-hmm. and they're speaking English, I'm out. I'm oh, out of it. Oh, heavenly dog. Oh, heavenly dog. Oh, heavenly dog. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the movie about the cat with the glowing collar that had telekinesis and could communicate Wasn't with it its like the thoughts. cat from outer space or something yes. like that? Again, acceptable to me because the cat's mouth can didn't we just move. Purge, can, Dan, can we just please purge and overwrite these sectors? This, what, what am I doing here? A purge and overwrite. Purge and overwrite. Get him out of here. I don't need to know that. I don't need to remember... Uh, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Why you can't purge it. It's there. It's I lo- locked I in. Re- I don't need to remember the kids from Caper. Like if like, I asked I you what you had for lunch Captain yesterday, Caveman? you wouldn't know. But we can remember details of these movies from 40 years ago. Anyway, I, 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 I am a student of impossibly minor roles. There's a, there's a fives about this. I'm, I love people in like improbably minor roles. Well, I'm okay with the mouths not moving on the animals. As soon as the mouth okay. moves, well, you could, people are going to say, well, they didn't have the technology to do it back then. Yeah. Now, if it's an animated feature, you've, mm-hmm. got, you've got animated animals talking, that's fine. But, oh, when like they, you don't, but you don't mind like the talking chimp with roller skates in The Simpsons? It's wonderful. It's animated. Yeah. It's animated. It's a, it's a fantastical what about world. Um, that doesn't count because that's, that's, a, that's a person... It's a human being wearing don't a costume be, don't or prosthetic. Be racist. <laughs> You've been warned. So I notice Benjamin. Now, now in this one, you have in, in Umbrella Academy the chimp. He's wearing clothes. He's got a tie on. He's wearing spectacles, <laughs> and he comes out and he starts talking. And right what away, with clothes. Does he have like a waistcoat? He's got a suit and a tie, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and so he's li- but the thing is he's not it's not just that he talks uh-huh. it's a, he's a f- full-on living as a human being in a way and so oh, i didn't like a lifestyle human okay i didn't like this i didn't okay. like this and also okay. his name is dr pogo so this was very off-putting and i remember in the first episode i said i'm shutting this down i'm mm-hmm. out I'm out. And no talking chimps. If in, if you're going to make an animal talk, there's three animals I forbid. The first one is a dog. The second one is a cat. The third one is a chimp. You want to make an alligator talk? I'll check it out. How about, do you like the gecko gecko? No, he's but kinda, I, it's fine. I, I think, you know, I give credit to all those commodity insurance companies. 
I mean, say what you will, uh, the, on the on the basic cable like news shows that I watch, they are very frequently some of the most creative and funny commercials. I know Wayfair. I know you've got just what I need. I know Mesobook. I know you want to help me with my lungs. But like, but I think the Geico Gecko could be kind of funny. But is that He's fine. Is He's that, fine. Is I'll allow it. Is it Uncanny Valley issue for you? No, it's just like if you look at the okay. So if you if you imagine just a dog in your mind, most dogs have a snout. They have a their their face pushes out <laughs> forward, mm-hmm. and just by the very definition of the way that the mouth is set up, the way the tongue works or doesn't work, hanging out. Okay. Yes. You know, there's no way if I took your brain and inserted oh it into a dog, oh boy. you wouldn't be able to talk, even though mm-hmm. your human brain knows how to talk. Yes. It's yes, not correct. just a mm-hmm. mind thing. It's no. a physical limitation. And I don't like that. You know, I don't think that that's, that's a reasonable. That's a really good point. Like if you can't, to, to make a plausible, you think about, uh, why do I want to say Jeff Goldblum in The Fly? If you can find a plausible way to show how someone would struggle, if you had all of the necessary brain parts to talk and the pathways, the nerve, you know, all that stuff up to the point. Here's the thing, though. And I know this from watching many, many, many YouTube videos about how to do accents, listening to people talk about accents. Yeah. Your tongue, your teeth, like listening to Sil- or Lexicon Valley, like, uh, you know, shows like that, like about how language works, the, your, your tongue, your teeth. There's so many parts of the human mouth that contribute Epi- epiglottis. to- Epiglottis. Your epiglottis, which mine is still swollen. Oh. It just hangs there. Oh. God, I'll be glad when I can get this fixed. It's a very vascular, highly vascular area. You, all of that contributes to how we are able to talk and sound like a human. So if you're gonna have an animal talk, make it even weirder, which is what would it sound like with the mouth that they've got? When I say mouth, you know what I mean? The entire- physical, the breathing, like all of the things that contribute to how we talk that we're so used to as humans. You can't just strap that onto a monkey. That's, That's irresponsible. right. That's right. Because, and yeah. I think that they've spent enough time with chimps and apes teaching them sign language and stuff that if, mm-hmm. if they could speak with their voice, I think they would do it. They would have done it by now. And like, if you saw, oh, like, yeah, a, like imagine like a dolphin. They've had plenty of time. They've had plenty of time to decide whether it's a thing that they want to focus on. Yeah. And sure. if, you, if you imagine a dolphin surfacing, yeah. it's oh, noise, it's noises coming out of the blowhole. It's not even coming out of, don't have it talking to me. Blowhole. You're saying it's got like a trumpet head. Whatever you want to call it is fine. Yes. So yes. here's the thing. I was re I was researching this. So they've got really great. I love the planet of the apes movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. The new ones, the old ones and the new ones, old ones and the new ones, the old ones. Obviously, there are people with, you know, with prosthetics on. Fine. The new mm-hmm. ones is all computer graphics and they're done with motion capture and they're done so, so, so well. I mm-hmm. didn't cry at the end of the last one. I promise. But mm. the way that these stories are told are great. The motion capture is great. The effects are phenomenal. And the whole thing about the way that the, the chimps in these movies, they don't start out talking. They go through a very long and painstaking development to the point where only some of them can speak. And when they do, they don't sound like people. They sound like you would imagine a a chimp pushing the limits of its physicality in order to Mm. produce a sound like a voice. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was very good. Now, the same people that I guess worked on uh, Planet of the Apes went on to uh, to do the uh, the Dr. Pogo. 
And, oh, and for so, the Umbrella Academy. So, so I, I had to shut it down after the first episode. I couldn't do it. But then, like, I, like some of the things from it, kind of like it was still, it was still floating in in my right? mind somewhere. Isn't it was still in sign? there. That's a really good sign. Like and I so hated I, it at the time, but I can't stop thinking. About I came it. back to it, and then the, huh. every time the chimp would come back out, I'm like, I'm gonna bring this chimp out. But after like the fourth or fifth episode, we're just wheeling him out periodically. I started to feel okay with it, and I, I. I was okay with it. And I, I will say this. I never oh. cared about the chimp. I didn't care if yeah. it lives or dies. I don't care what its role is. But it stopped bothering me. I stopped hating it. And I was able to enjoy the rest of the show, which is okay. The show is good. I, I'm looking forward to the next season. It was silly mm-hmm. and weird, but it, but the comic's sillier and weirder in a good way. And and so I'm actually going to, oh. to your surprise and the audience surprise, it's a thumbs up from me, dog. Up dog? Yes, for the show, I give it a thumbs up. Oh, I give it a Henway. <laughs> come on, come on, give me this. So I, I say yes, but I need, I, I need I some other Henway, shows to Dan. watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On, ask, ask me. What? What's a, What's a? What's a hem, Hemway? <laughs> Dan, a I little, think it's a Henway. And I don't know what you're saying. Now ask the question. Ask what me. is it? What is it? What is what? A handway. Oh, this is one of those things you're you're tricking me. Like, uh, you know, you you solved my riddle. Uh-huh. Four or five pounds. <laughs> so thanks for God, sending me. Now really that talking monkey with David. I'm slow today. Thanks for that, uh, David Lynch monkey there. Now him talking was fine. That was great. <laughs> His left arm weighs seventy five pounds. It was good. He was good. <laughs> so weird. Um, we're running long, TWSS. Mm-hmm. So how about I work on? Let me well, let me get some parameters. Parameters for you. My, it sounds to me like you enjoy. I didn't want to say drama. You like some comedies, but like our friend John Syracuse, you are mostly a non-comedy person. Yeah, you want to disappear into an immersive show that has elements of what could be called fantasy, what could be called sci-fi, what could be called. Um, I like I like any kind of any kind of drama. I like a character you like spooky piece. Stuff too, though, right? You like spooky sure. Stuff? I'm not into I'm not into horror because it doesn't work on me. I'm not or nothing, like gore. You know, you're nah, one of or gore. what? What yeah. you've taught me? Uh, what was the one that you taught me? Body, body horror. Body horror. No, I, none mm-hmm. of that. I mean, it's like it's fine. Horror, 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 horror. Up dog, up dog. Uh huh. Hmm. Greek urn. And so I'm going to work on that. Um, we just started Pose, which is really good. That's that uh, Ryan Murphy guy that makes all the TV shows. And it's basically I uh, on the, uh, you know what? I, I, we don't have time for this. I, 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 what I want to say to you, Dan, is I'm going to work on this. And I would encourage um, our listeners to work on this too. You guys know Dan. It's your old pal Dan, Dan Benjamin, <laughs> right? <laughs> Help Dan out. Tweet. Should people tweet at you? Yeah, tweet at me. It's fine. Tweet at Dan Benjamin. Um, well, no, tweet at Dan Benjamin. Dan well, Benjamin is another. Account, oh, that's so you? you could, okay, yeah, yeah, tweet at that one. Of course, one that's too. me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I you was, do. I, I always wonder if I've ever met Darth. I don't know your life. I'm pretty sure Darth lives. It's sort of like with Drill, where I, I don't, kind of don't want to know. But I do wonder, because I'm pretty sure Darth lives here. And I wonder if I've ever like been at the same Trader Joe's as Darth. Like at the yeah, same time? so amazing. The best thing would be to turn around and see a tiny little red panda 
in a helmet and go like, oh my God, you're real. <laughs> and you know what he would say? Case closed. <sighs> Love Darth. God, Darth brings, Darth helps so many people. And I see it. I see it because I go and I look at political Twitter and see all those horrible people on political Twitter that are actually awesome. Awesome reporters. But I can't believe how many people retweet stuff from Darth. And I'm like, Darth's reach. I'm not saying his follower count. Darth's meaningful reach is incredible. And then stuff like he made me, he made a picture of me with a Christmas hat around Christmas. He does that for people. That's He's a sweet. red panda, Dan. How does he do it? He uses its little opposable uh, thumbs. He said some very complimentary things about my lizard and Bando. Dan, would you tell me about a second thing that you like? No, not today. Well, yeah, I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave it in. It's too good. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you are. Uh, let's see. Redirecting energy. Take notes because everything is copy. Okay, I can bring this back next week. Um, Dan, um, Dan, we're going to be wheels down in about five minutes. Should we button this up? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.